Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. Hour two of the Nightcap, and we are on. Overtime is where the dog goes to die. Watch right now because Auburn is in overtime with Mississippi State. They were catching four, and it is now a four-point lead for the Auburn Tigers. So we are keeping an eye on that. Sean has officially fired away on Arkansas Moneyline. Yeah, let's go. Big suey. We now need uh, Arkansas to win by one to five points because I've got LSU plus. The hey, I'm cool now. with that. I don't want you to lose your bet. I would. I would. I'm, yeah. I'm kumbaya. Everyone be a winner. Let's hand out trophies to everybody. Let's all cash some bets. All right. Let's bring in our next guest. You know him. You love him. He is Brad Evans. Mr. Evans on this glorious Wednesday night. How are you, sir? Hola, amigos. I am tremendous. Uh, what a crazy night so far in the world of college basketball. And I tell you what, guys, uh, I think Auburn is looking increasingly vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to you know, potentially be a first round or second uh, round knockout in the NCAA tournament. Uh, this team has got some serious flaws. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. We've been talking about this and I, you know, they're 0-5 ATS, three outright losses in their last five road games. And now this is, you know, unfolding in front of us. You've got Arkansas uh, on the line, you know, nip and tuck here with LSU. It is, you know, what when you look at a night like tonight, um, you know, Indiana, yeah. a, a chance to, to try to help their self. They lose at home. Notre Dame, an awful loss at Florida State. Uh, so you've got some bubble teams that are struggling. You know, what is the takeaway so far for you tonight when you've got Arkansas, you've got Auburn, you've got some of these bigger teams struggling? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to overreact necessarily and be a prisoner of the moment. I mean, it, when the selection committee, you know, scrubs and vets and sets the field, it's all about full body of work. Uh, so this is just one night on the calendar. Um, you know, for some teams, it's more catastrophic than others. And I'm I'm looking at you, Xavier, <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just continue to free fall. I mean, they they have fallen down the elevator shaft. And, um, you know, it's a team, the Muskies, that are trying to play themselves out of the at-large discussion. I, I still have them right now as, uh, as a safe team in. Uh, not a member of the last four out um, on Rutgers, of course, did themselves a favor tonight by acquiring their sixth quadrant one win of the season, winning in Bloomington against Indiana in a playing game of sorts. So I still have IU in my last four out and Rutgers also in my last four out with North Carolina. And I will be very much in the minority, I think, on this uh, when the bracket matrix updates tomorrow, uh, which is an aggregation of all the bracketologists that are out there over like 150 uh, that are putting out a an NCAA tournament projection. But 
you know, you look at the Tar Heels, um, you know, only one quarter one win on the entirety of the season. It's just such a meatless resume. So unimpressive. But again, you know, grand scale of things, a full landscape of things. You know, when you're looking at the Auburns of the world and their struggles, you're looking at Arkansas right now in Nip and Tuck with LSU. Uh, you got to take this thing, you know, day by day, and you have to step back, look at the the big picture, the full body of work, because that's exactly how the selection committee is going to view things through that lens. Again, when they are set in the field here and and just a little over a week there in Indianapolis. You know, Brad, you look at your first four out, Rutgers, SMU, Oregon, VC. Rutgers, of course, just won at Indiana. VCU's gotten hot at the right time. Like, what do those four teams have to do conference tourney-wise, in your opinion, to go from the right side of, of being out to the, the other side, which is in? Yeah, look, uh, and, and I fresh re, might want to hit the refresh button on your screen there, Sean, because I do have Rutgers in now. Oh, okay. Uh, my projected field with a win tonight at Indiana. And, yeah, and of course they got more work to do. Uh, I mean, obviously Rutgers has got to go out there and win their their last Big Ten matchup uh, to you know feel good about themselves going into the Big Ten conference tournament. And you know, looking uh, at you know their opponent, it's Penn State at home. Like uh, there is no margin for error there they absolutely must get that one and then i think if you're you know there in piscataway uh you know what is necessary for this team to feel good and not have to you know sweat through their shirts on selection sunday uh i would say two wins in the big 10 tournament uh which would likely mean you acquire another quadrant one maybe not with your first opponent but likely with your second opponent there in the neutral setting because it does expand out in terms of what qualifies as a quadrant one win uh, based on the net, you know, parameters that the selection committee is uh, put forth. So two wins. Uh, I think that is uh, the magic number of the big 10 tournament three in total for Rutgers uh, to get in the field. Uh, and, you know, some of the other teams that are out there, you know, a team like North Carolina or a team like SMU, I mean, SMU is probably going to have to make a fairly deep run in the, the uh, AAC uh, to really push one of these others from power six conferences out of the way uh, off the bubble and in the field. And then, as I mentioned, a team like North Carolina, I mean, obviously winning and ruining and raining on the parade of Coach K in his final game and not all the absurdity. And, Sean, I'm sure you're trying yeah, to you know, raise funds right now yeah, yeah uh, to get to uh, – no, it's not going to happen. But uh, I was saying for you as a super fan of Duke, uh, you're probably looking to slap the wall and pay the, you know, 15000 $20,000 necessary just to get your butt in the door. Uh, it's crazy what's going down uh, there on the secondary market to get tickets uh, for that game inside Cameron Indoor. But you know, Carolina's going to have to make a run here, guys, in the ACC tournament because the ACC is just so bland for them to really bolster, uh, you know, good you know, feelings and confidence heading into Selection Sunday to make sure that they're actually in the dance and not in the NIT. We're talking to Brad Evans at Noisy Huevos on Twitter. Check out the show live on the line on Stadium and uh, check out the podcast as well. Fade the noise uh, earlier today. And now these might have changed a little bit. There were a total of seven teams. And I believe this was at Bet Rivers that had an over under of yeah. seed line of one and a half. Now, remember, the juice is different on a lot of these, you know, for Wisconsin to get a one seed, for instance, it was plus 550. Uh, for Duke to get a one seed, it was uh, my, uh, plus 175. So, you know, some of these are, are you know, juiced uh, accordingly. 
but as you look at that uh, that you know breakdown there, Brad, is there anything that is intriguing to you when it comes to a one seed that you think they could play their way on or potentially play their way off that one line here in the in the coming weeks? Well, I think one of the most fascinating teams that's out there uh, that's kind of on the outside looking in of uh, this number one seed conversation that is certainly starting to state their case is Wisconsin. And I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, they are, next to Providence, the luckiest team uh, projected to be in the NCAA tournament field. Uh, it is absurd what they have done in close shaves. And it's it's unprecedented, really. I mean, 15 and one uh, in games decided by six points or less. Like, uh, that's almost in, unfathomable. But they are finding ways to win. I mean, you're hitting an angle three last night and banking it in to knock off Purdue. And that was after the fact that Johnny Davis had a bank one in that we had a toe of the line for a deep two to even put him in that situation. They can win the game. But you look at the resume of Wisconsin, and it is stunning. It is outstanding. I mean, you have eight quadrant one wins right now. You were seven and two on the road. And that means a lot in that selection committee room. Uh, yeah, the overall net is, uh, you know, towing the, the line of the top 20. But again, the net is just a sorting tool. You know, in its isolated form, it doesn't have a ton of value. And in a lot of these metric sites, Wisconsin may still be a little bit undervalued according to the market. But let's just say, you know, hypothetically, that Wisconsin runs roughshod mm -hmm. through the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Uh, maybe they get to that title game on Sunday, which I've always contended is meaningless. I, I think the, the selection committee, because that's the last game right before the selection Sunday show on CBS, I think they've already decided you know, where all the teams are going to be seated, regardless of that outcome. So Wisconsin could get to that point. Doesn't matter what they do in the Big Ten tournament title game. You know, they'd have additional quadrant ones under the belt, probably be double figures in that category. They'd be up there with Kansas and Baylor among the elites. Like, that is a team, if you can find a line or you can find a site that has number one seed odds, they may get it, I don't know, plus 250, three to one plus 350, maybe something a little bit greater that could shock the world as these dominoes begin to fall and they could find themselves vaulting from the two line where I have them currently up to the one. We're talking once again to Brad Evans. Brad, we got about a minute and a half. Um, these conference tournaments have gotten underway. We talked to a bunch about, you know, some of these spots. I, I found there was, in my opinion, a, a lot of value in the Northeast Conference. I bet Bryant to win that conference tournament. They're on to the yeah. semifinals, so hopefully they keep it rolling. Uh, with these conference tournaments coming up in the in the coming days uh, in varying markets, uh, like I said, about a minute, anything jumping out at you value-wise, in your opinion, uh, when it comes to some of these smaller conferences? Yeah, I mean, I think Winthrop uh, at 3-1 to one odds uh, is where I found them today uh, down in the Big South. That's a very interesting team. Now, Longwood is the favorite uh, best odds I could find were plus 210, but the, the Eagles can absolutely soar offensively. Uh, they're shooting 60% inside the arc, which is uh, absurd, over 37% outside of it. Uh, and that's a team that I could see, you know, rolling through that league's conference tournament and uh, end up punching a ticket. I also like Northern Iowa mm. uh, as well in Arch Madness in the Missouri Valley. A team has beat everybody in that league. I mean, they they split down the middle against Loyola Chicago the regular season. They went undefeated against Murray State, which is a very trendy pick. And they can shoot the rock from outside. Very efficient across the board. Beat to the free throw line. And A.J. Green, uh, not the A.J. Green you're thinking of, the one that plays <laughs> the Panthers, is an absolute monster. So 
that's a team uh, that I saw uh, plus 400. I think is excellent value to cut down the nets in St. Louis. That is Brad Evans. He's always excellent value, in my opinion. Live on the line on Stadium. Check it out. Brad, you're the best. Toodles! There he is, Brad Evans from Stadium. Sports Betting Network. The college basketball season? Oh, it's in full swing, folks. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game. They saying UNLV and Wyoming's going to overtime tonight? Take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Overtime is where what? Dogs go to die. Yep. Mississippi State was the right side until it wasn't. Mississippi State catching four at home against Auburn. And Auburn wins by 13 in overtime. Arkansas has the ball, three in the air. Oh, that's a foul, ref. And yeah. Sean has Arkansas yeah, money to win line, the game. And I have LSU plus five and a half. So I'm hoping we're both elated. Yeah. Today is today's just one of those days, Sean, for me. And I, I didn't love the card. Um, so I bet a bunch of games anyways. Uh, <laughs> I had DePaul. They win outright. I had Mississippi State. They lose by 13. I had Minnesota, bad bet. Uh, Maryland wins and covers easily. I have LSU, and I had the Rutgers, Indiana under. So we could go three and two, but it, yeah, it feels like a very, uh, a very pushy type of day. Mississippi State, man. I just, this Auburn, and we'll, we'll talk more college basketball top of the hour. Jim Root's going to join us in studio again tonight, back to back nights of Jim. Um, but it just, I hope I'm wrong, Sean. I got 30 to 1 on them. I, I want Auburn to win the national championship. Me, I, I want Auburn to play Kansas in the national championship. I'll be the happiest man on earth. I don't think it's going to happen. Double down. But uh, on Auburn? Yeah, double down. No. Not at the odds they're at right now. I was hoping they lost tonight, so hopefully the odds go up a little bit. I just They have they have issues. What, what are my three teams? Duke, Kentucky, Auburn? Yep. Yep. One of those three teams is winning the championship. Very well could. Yeah. Very well could. We'll see. Um, that is uh, that is our cigar bet, which uh, we got it. So can we give the cigar bets to Aaron? I want to do a I want to do a bracket uh, a breakdown of all of them because this started way back in the start of college football season. Yeah. We were you were doing cigar bets. I mean we've I, I felt bad for you, so I'm giving I'm giving you a couple oh, soft lines. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've given you a couple soft lines. I don't think USC and uh, Arizona was a soft line. That was You don't the, want to demoralize your little brother. That you was know? the you're actual just, you're losing right now. Yeah, right. You want to keep him like 
I, I think I can win this time, you mm. know? So, yeah. I tried so hard to get more bets, more cigars down on the Villanova bet. Oh, I tried so hard. You're right. Uh, tried, but yeah. uh, couldn't get there. All right. So, Auburn, uh, by the way, if you laid it with Auburn, no, never sweat. Easy win. Easy win. Controversy brewing in, uh, in LSU, Arkansas. Looks like they call intentional foul, I think, on LSU. Oh. Has to be because LSU. Will Wade is not happy. He is not happy at all. Now, that's the tricky part about watching games in studio is we get the majority of it, but there's still a little bit of a, a, little bit of a yeah, gray Yeah, they call area. a flagrant one. So what is that? Shots and the ball? Yeah, flagrant two would be an ejection. Uh, flagrant one is. Oh, it just must be shots. I think it's just two, two yeah. free throws. So, home. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, they're moving them away from the line. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. And Arkansas, I thought it's free throws. Yeah, and the ball. Come on, big dog, make these ball, make these shots. There you go. I don't know anything about Johnson, so hopefully Arkansas. He looks, he looks confident. Oh <laughs> yeah, buckets. That's some butter. <laughs> Sean, Sean with with uh, in-game betting capabilities is is a whole new I'm world. I'm a threat. Man. It is. I'm it is threat. something. <laughs> Triple threat, baby. Sean asking. Oh, he got a little too confident Sean on the second one. publicly asking, you know, what should I do with the uh, with the UConn game? I haven't been watching it. Well, I was seeing if anybody, you know, I got a couple suggestions, but ultimately I decided not to touch it. <laughs> probably, probably. This actually him missing that free throw probably was, well, no, nah, that's never a good thing at this point in the game. But, okay, they can overcome it. Arkansas has the ball. They're down 1.76-75 to LSU, 46 seconds to go. By the way, a uh, a pretty cool moment. Tonight at uh, at the Maryland game is Maryland beat Minnesota covered as well. Well done by the Terps and Danny Manning there to mm -hmm. s hopefully end the season on a high note there for the Terps. Great win over the weekend against Ohio State. Uh, they have a young man on the team from the Ukraine. Okay. And he came in with about 40 seconds to go. Got a, a standing ovation there at uh, Xfinity Center. So a pretty cool moment there uh, in College Park, Maryland. As Arkansas turns the ball turns over. the ball over. Come on, Razorbacks. Jeez. Need Sean to win. We need to middle this bet. Hey, what was he doing? Just no overtime. I don't want overtime. And me either. I can't. I can't fathom another overtime. Dog goes to die situation here tonight, which certainly could happen. LSU airballs. All right, here you go, Sean. Arkansas with the balls. We give illegal play-by-play -play of this game. <laughs> what is LSU doing? Oh, they just get, Arkansas got lucky. It's number one having a bad minute. LSU and Arkansas. Oh, folks, my goodness. We're watching this game come down to the wire. He LSU, definitely just traveled. Oh, LSU my is leading by one, and they just got called for a foul. That was one of the. And it was definitely a travel. Watch this, Tim. It was definitely a travel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Oh, my goodness. So we'll have some free throws here for uh, for Arkansas while we wait, Sean. Sometimes you need the whistle throws. to go in your favor. So Pete Carroll today at the Combine said, I do not anticipate Russell Wilson being moved. Okay. Is he moving? Is he the starting quarterback? I just think he's hard to move because of. So let me. First of all, it, it, it's. he's on a major deal already. For sure. So there's significant cap issues where he's going so you have to have the room to absorb it but also seattle's going to ask for your entire franchise right like 
they're not letting him go for like a one this year and a two. Like nope. they're gonna want everything. They're gonna want multiple number ones. I mean, they're gonna want the private plane for their use. I mean, they're gonna want a couple of your starters. Like, you know, they're not gonna give Russell up because they don't have an heir apparent. You know, so it doesn't benefit them to get rid of Russell, especially Pete's older. You know, Pete's at that at that point where, and here the LSU has the ball six five four. Three, two, oh, he missed it. There you go, Sean. He missed it. There you go. We middled it. Call me the in-game king. <laughs> in-game king. <laughs> what a dumb play by LSU. What were they trying to do? If For people who are just listening to us, go watch the highlights when you get a chance because LSU was up one. Arkansas had the ball. They go to trap, and they get too aggressive with the trap, and they foul J.D. Note. He's going to hit both free throws, of course. He traveled. So uh, Arkansas gets the win. Eric Musselman's going crazy like he always does. And uh, Arkansas now 24-6. and They get it done. And Sean is uh, able to get the in-game. The in-game king, I'm able baby. to get the pre-flop of five and a half. We're all happy. See? And you know what really makes me happy? is I got CLV. Because remember, I was going to take it at first, and I say it was only plus 122. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it. That's true. I, I want him to go down about five, six points, and then I got 277, plus 277. Smart move. Yeah, see? Well done there. Yeah. Oh, in-game king. Oh, God. All right. We, we, do we need a we, – we're getting another uh, another uh, nickname? Are we, are we – we're good with Pucks or Damas. We don't need multiple uh, nicknames here. In game, well, you got to be able to navigate and pivot from sport to sport. Yeah, yeah you, you navigated real well with college basketball late last night. I did. Yeah, when USC lost by what thirty? Oh yeah, yeah. Man, that was a <laughs> terrible call by me. But that was a cigar bit call. I wasn't like wagering on that. I, I actually put that in the cigar bet category. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Um, Maryland held on and covered. Congratulations, Aaron Oster. Yeah, good job. The Terps, as you mentioned, very special night for that program. Great job by uh, Texas A&M. And it's one of the reasons why Alabama is so perplexing. They're a fade. They could lose to anyone. As proven by their win over Gonzaga, they could probably beat anyone. But they they are very hard to figure out. Uh, Excellent job by Arkansas of of finding a way to scratch, claw, stay in that game. Ultimately win it by one. Mm Mm-hmm. Auburn showed their championship medal in, in overtime. You know, they did what they were supposed to do when it got to overtime. Well, they ended up winning by 12. 13. 13. So, I don't, I think people are trying to, you know, give a a, a, a death date for Auburn a little too fast. I, I, I think they're still live. I don't know if that's true. I mean, they're still top five in the country. Well, I'm talking about, like, the conversation. The issues that they have, Sean, and we can talk more about this with Jim later on the show, is that – they are phenomenal at Auburn. Mm-hmm. They're, they're almost impossible to beat. Guess where you're playing zero NCAA tournament game? Away from home, last six games have been a little hairy. All right, let's talk to Wes Reynolds. See if he can uh, pick us out a winner for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll do that next right here on the night. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy. Only 19 bucks, folks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only 19 bucks. Head on over to vsin.com slash madness. Man, when you can get both hosts happy on the same bet on opposite sides, that's it's a, a beautiful thing. A beautiful man. thing. So we, uh, Arkansas in game comes home for Sean. Still don't know what the hell LSU was doing on that trap, but hey, whatever. <laughs> Sean gets the in game money line. I get the pre-flop plus five and a half. We're happy. And uh, let's bring in our next guest. Hopefully he's happy. I, I, I like happy guests. It's Wes Reynolds. And uh, we've got a golf tournament starting on Thursday. So that always makes our next guest very happy. Mr. Reynolds, I guess he is an Indiana fan. So probably not super thrilled by the evening. But uh, how you doing, man? I've cooled down. I've had a couple hours to cool down, guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> always a pleasure. Well, let's get to... Uh, what we should expect this weekend in Orlando. And and one thing I love, and if you haven't read them yet, well, you're, you're, you're missing out uh, because Wes is tremendous. He and uh, Brady Cannon, Matt humans with our, our crew of golf handicappers is phenomenal. But one thing that Wes does so well is he, he gives us kind of the breakdown of, of the tournament. So uh, Arnold Palmer inv- invitational in Orlando, Bay Hills co- course, uh, you know, break it down for us. Uh, what should we be expected with with this field and this course in Orlando? So just kind of overall synopsis before we get into some of the golfers you like. Yeah, Tim, it's about a little less than 7,500 yards, par 72 in Orlando, Florida. You mentioned Arnold Palmer hosted this tournament for many years. Now it is his daughter and his son-in-law that host this tournament and actually own the Bay Hill Golf Course that Arnold Palmer did own. And if you look at this course, you're going to get a lot of shots that are going to be 200 yards plus. And I mean, you know, like your approach shots and also your par threes. All the par threes on this course are between 200 and 225 yards. So those are pretty long par threes. So what I looked at a lot is I looked a lot at proximity from 200 plus yards. I looked at approach. There is some thick rough here, about three and a half inches. So it's a lot thicker than these players have really seen all year. And the greens are very fast. They're Bermuda greens. They run about 12.5 on the stem. So you're going to get fast greens here. You're going to get putts that you give it a, give it a hard whack and they're going to go five, six feet by the hole. So you're going to have tough parts coming back. So I was looking through uh, the best bets email and I want to go through all the plays that you have, but I, I always find it, you know, when I can see that you and Matt or you and Brady are, are on the same golfer, it, it intrigues me. So let's get to Will Zalatoris. He's 25 to one to win this tournament. Uh, both you and Matt uh, like Zalatoris. What about Bay Hills? Does uh, does that accentuate Zalatoris? Yeah, he was 10th year last year. And then keep in mind, he was playing like every single week because he was not a member of the PGA Tour. So he's trying to get enough FedEx Cup points to get that special temporary membership. And, you know, the fatigue kind of got him on Sunday. He fell a little back, but he wanted to fulfill the obligation to the event because 
Will Zalatoris, of course, played at Wake Forest, which is uh, the king, Arnold Palmer's alma mater. He actually went there on the Arnold Palmer Golf Scholarship, so had the obligation. So I know that this is a special event for him. He's number one in the field on stroke gained approach over the last 24 rounds. Fifth for proximity that I just mentioned a minute ago from 200-plus yards. He did, of course, have the scar tissue several weeks ago for those on the VSIN crew that were on him at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open. If he just would have made any putt, basically, on the back nine, he would have won that event. And that's kind of the thing that you worry about it with him. But I think when you've got shaky putters, I actually think faster greens are a lot better. We've seen it with Hideki Matsuyama already this year. He is not a great putter. But when the greens are faster, I think it kind of, you know, narrows the gap between maybe the really great putters and kind of the shaky guys. So I do like Zalatoris there this week. I think he'll, he'll take a lesson from Tory Vines. We're talking to Wes Reynolds. Of course, he's everywhere on our network. And, and check out his great golf breakdowns and point spread weekly, vcin.com. Uh, if you're not listening, you're missing out. The Long Shots podcast, he and Brady Cannon, Matt Eumann's a part of that. Uh, as well from time to time. Uh, a guy that's a little higher up the board uh, that you have on your card this weekend is Victor Hovland. Uh, you have him at 18 to 1. Uh, here at Circa, he's plus 17.50. So he's got the third shortest odds. Uh, so, you know, I, I know the way that you like to roll. You like to find a, a guy high, middle, and then, you know, some long shot bombers. So uh, break down uh, Victor Hovland for us. Yeah, he's never finished inside the top 40 here. He's played this event three times, but this is a different class of player now. He's got four worldwide wins in his last 17 events. Uh, still looking for his first victory in the United States. He's won three times on the PGA Tour, but he's never won in the United States. Twice in Mexico, once in Puerto Rico. Played well on the Florida swing last year. Was second at the concession. Was third at the Valspar Championship up at uh, up in Tampa. And this is a guy, like I mentioned, in terms of the metrics, uh, strokes gained approach, proximity from 200 plus, par force 450 to 500 yards. He ranks near the top. He's had recent good success on Bermuda grass, won the hero challenge down in the Bahamas in December, won the Dubai Desert Classic in January. Rory McIlroy kind of gave it away to him, putting it in the water on the 18th hole. But nevertheless, you've got a really hot player. And I think he's going to win a big one here on the PGA Tour in terms of like in the Florida swing, potentially the Players Championship next week, and maybe even that little tournament at Augusta next month. You know, speaking of that tournament at Augusta, and by the way, Wes, I played Las Vegas Country Club today. It was beautiful. The weather outside was amazing. We definitely have to get out and get around in sometime soon. I didn't get invited, soon. but it's cool. <clears throat> uh, who right now is someone that maybe you're keeping your eye on as the person that is peaking at the right time as we get ready for the Masters in a few weeks? Well, I think a guy that is going to peak, and you haven't really seen it so far this year, Sean, is Justin Thomas. And he's a shorter odd guy, you know, 14, 15, 16 to 1 in that range. But he's got a new caddy on the bag who's familiar to people that watch golf regularly. And that phones Mackay was on Phil Mickelson's bag for about 25 years. And I think that that's going to give him the confidence because Bones was doing TV. He was happy working for Golf Channel, working for NBC. And he goes, the only player I was going to come back for was Justin Thomas. 
So that speaks volume because Bones is a pretty good judge of talent. He's just got to get his putting in a little bit better shape. He's always a really good iron player. I think him and Colin Marikawa are really the two best iron players in the world. And if you look long-term, when you model it by like 50 rounds or last 100 rounds in terms of stroke gain approach, it's usually Thomas Morikawa or Morikawa Thomas pretty much one, two. So I think you're going to see him start to really – you know, come off the deck. He's not in the field this week, but he won the players championship down in Sawgrass last year. He's going to play a couple Florida events. He's going to play that match play in Austin, Texas for the WGC event. I think Thomas is about to peak and he's progressively gotten better over the years at the masters. So this could be the year for him for the green jacket. I hit a couple shots of the, I felt like Justin Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking once again to our good friend Wes Reynolds. Uh, you see him all over the network, uh, and uh, of course on the weekends with uh, with our good friend Dave Ross. All right, final minute and a half, Wes. Give us some of your bombers. You always love some long shots. You have them on the card. Uh, so who are some of the guys uh, that that are intriguing to you? Way down the odds board. Yeah, uh, a couple guys above 50 to 1. Billy Horschel, Bermuda Billy, as they call him, because he's usually good on Bermuda Greens, but he was not last week. But the ball striking was absolutely top notch. So I think he gets back in form with the putter this week. Also, Chris Kirk, 75 to 1. He is a four time PGA Tour winner, but took some time away from the tour last year, was battling some alcohol issues back in 2020. Eighth here last year, 15th or better here in four of his last five appearances. A very good putter, was in contention at the Honda last week, ended up falling down to a seventh place finish. So Chris Kirk, 75 to 1. I think he can hit the board on Sunday. And one final one, real quickly, in the final 45 seconds. You and Matt Humans, and I think even Kelly Bidlin. Uh, have uh, some interest in Keith Mitchell. So what about Keith Mitchell? He's around 40, 45 to one or so. Yeah, five finishes or 12th or better in his last six events. He was in the mix last week, but finished T9 at the Honda. Got a little extra motivation, too, because if you watch the end of the Honda last week, his former college teammate at Georgia, Sepp Straka, got his first PGA Tour win last weekend. So any little in, uh, motivation or maybe go down narrative street here, I think Keith Mitchell's going to play well. If you're not reading, Wes, you're missing out. Absolutely. Great golf Great stuff, big dog. Wes, you're the man. Uh, best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Jen. There he is. Wes Reynolds. Follow him on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds 1. Of course, read all of his content, vcin.com, and in Point Spread Weekly. It's a nightcap. You're on vcin. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of three of 30,000 bucks. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC dash March dash Mania now to play free for your cut of the cash. KFC, it's finger licking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Always love talking to Wes, and I, I know I say it a lot, but, you know, 
it never hurts to to promote your own network. But when they're giving out long shot bombs, really, like the shortest price was eighteen to one, and he's hitting them. So I'm gonna just go and you know, sprinkle them all. I'm gonna go put a hundred on each guy, and then I'm gonna pick one of the guys and put a really big bet on them for the top twenty. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, so great stuff from Wes once again. I gotta do a little more research. Beeson.com, point spread. We gotta get him in tonight because yeah, I know that bad boy starts at four thirty in the morning Eastern time or Pacific time. So I have the app. I know you do. The You're, app, God. Sean, God. <laughs> never. He's never short on confidence. You gotta give it to him there. What uh, the predators? Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go. Baby. What did you do with the predators? I took the predators uh, plus one seventy to win the game. They were down 3 2. They just scored to make it 3 3. So the in game king, king has life. Yeah. <laughs> the in game king. I can't hey, tell. Hey, man, I'm the in game king, dude. You've been doing in game betting for like a week. <laughs> I got to motivate myself, right? If we don't believe in, you know, this being that that's, we exist in, then I mean. That's true. Right. That's true. Um, we got, uh, we got. Couple college basketball games going on, but most notably UNLV Wyoming just down the road at Thomas and Mack. Uh, UNLV leading thirty to twenty nine at the break over Wyoming. Your second half line UNLV minus one and a half. So pre flop was two. Felt like Wyoming closed out the half playing pretty well. Yeah, I just saw our, our good friend Brad Evans uh, is is firing away on. He likes Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, I I, I might lay a little something right there. You know, in-game You're king the in-game. is hot. So why not stay hot, you know? <laughs> you know, I'll join you. How about that? It was solidarity here. Okay. A little, let's get the pokes. There we go. Pokes second half. Yeah. This is what we call live entertainment, folks. I hate to be going against UNLV, but I just I actually was we, watching that game. We pull for our pockets here on right. the show. Sean. I was watching that game, and it felt like the momentum was on the in, poke side. The in-game a, king. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't deal with this guy sometimes. It's, Come on, man, don't do that. No, I know. Oh, man, the in-game king, Sean King. So what kind of odds are you getting? <laughs> I mean, because I'm getting. What are you looking at there? Wyoming plus one and a half is like plus 102. So are you taking them on the money line or are you taking them with the points? Um, I'm only getting plus 123 on the money line, so I might as well. You know, I know those those 21 cent matter, but yeah, do you? I think Wyoming might win this game. What'd you end up doing? Uh, I'm gonna do Wyoming oh. to win. Okay, all right, I'll do the same thing. I just want us to be on the same page. All right, there we go. There we go. This is riveting stuff, by the way. Uh, <laughs> thank you for indulging us as we make in-game bets. I'm gonna roll with you there. So All right. let's do it. Wyoming to take it to take it home. Hopefully, oh, it says line has changed. So you know they have like a little option where you can click it, so you, they place the bet even when the lines change. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's what I did because they kept doing that to me when I initially <laughs> delved. All right, we're underway, and Wyoming turned the ball over on their first uh, on their first uh, possession. So. Uh, so we're going to talk more college basketball coming up top of the hour. So let's uh, – I, I do want to hit on what what LeBron said yesterday after they lost again 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's basically said, you know, we're not done until I think he said I'm buried 12 feet deep. Do you think this Lakers team currently ninth in the Western Conference? Now, AD at some point you would imagine is is going to come back here, but are they good enough to just make the field? That that's my question right now. <clears throat> Are they good enough to get out of the play-in? Right now, they're ninth. Uh, they're only two games clear of the Pelicans and the Trailblazers. Now, both of those teams would need to jump them in order to, to not even be in the play-in. I mean, that would be quite the catastrophe. But if you're sitting in that 9 or 10 spot, you got to win two games. You know, last year, they were the seventh seed. They beat the Warriors in that really entertaining uh, epic game uh, to get in and be the seventh seed. So you got to win two games if you're the 9 or the 10. Right now, if I gave you an, a bet, and I, I think the odds would probably lean towards them not making the playoffs, would you bet they do or don't make the playoffs? Here's what's fascinating. There are more people that talk about on a daily basis the ninth-place team in the Western Conference playoff rankings than people that talk about the fact that we may not have Major League Baseball. Yep. Like, the power of the Lakers brand is so significant it's actually like well, that's I mean, it's I, fascinating. I will say this: it's just it's it, it add in LeBron. It's, it's an indictment too of where NBA is. I mean, I saw a tweet MLB. out there. Yeah, I think Mike Trout has like a million followers on Instagram, and Tyler Hero has like three million. Yeah, yeah so it, it is kind of an indictment on that. But I don't really think it matters. Uh, I just feel like if they get in, they're gonna lose in the first round. Yeah. The narrative in the offseason will be exactly the same for the Lakers, whether they lose in the play-in or they lose in the first round. Because it'll be the second year in a row that they weren't a factor, you know, come Western Conference Finals, NBA Championship time. And, you know, the standard is a standard there. So, you know, they're not a, a team where making the playoffs is going to be oh, 100%. You know, enough. So I agree. No, I Changes just... are coming. I just – and I don't even think it's about blame right now. I just think it's acknowledging that, okay – we probably should give the younger players on the team some more minutes and, and figure out what we have here, and we learned a valuable lesson. You can't cheat the process. Like, you just can't. You, you can't ever think that you're going to go out and get an old Carmelo and, you know, a, a, a Russell Westbrook that doesn't really fit what you want to do. And, you know, these and think these pieces are going to, you know, take you to where you're trying to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, for years, have kind of been on the mindset, you know, don't count out a guy like LeBron James, but you just look at that roster makeup. It is just, it's hard. It's hard to envision. Okay. They make the playoffs. Like you mentioned, like they make the playoffs. Are they beating the Suns? No, they're not beating the Suns. in seven games. It's, and it's funny how it's completely changed, right? Last year they were the seven seed, but you know, they're up two games to one in that series and they become a, a significant favorite in the series. And then AD gets hurt and everything flips on its head. So the interesting thing was, I felt like this time last year, for whatever reason, as Wildman's guy just dribbles the ball out of bounds. Yeah. I saw that. That was pretty wow. good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this time last year, people were still talking about the Lakers. as like the, I think they're still the odds on favor, even though they were struggling because they, uh, they had injuries and they were kind of like the Nets. Like, they no matter the f- what they did, like, people just kept them, like, at the top, you know, from a, a odd standpoint as far as winning the NBA championship. At least people have kind of figured out, like, they're not winning the NBA championship this year. No. I mean, you look at it right there. Their odds to win the West, I mean, they probably are honestly still too high at 25-1. to 1. I guess you got to just keep in account that 
they have LeBron, they have AD, but yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what's going to change. I mean, they they they're rot. Their salary cap is a is a complete and utter mess. Uh, they don't have they don't have any assets to to trade away in order to acquire better pieces. There yeah, was, they got LeBron. <laughs> trade him. And Anthony Davis. That's true. You know, it's crazy because ultimately that's probably what it's going to come down to. I do think Russell Westbrook after the season yeah, he's has trade value because it's an expiring contract. So I would take Russell Westbrook. Um, For what? To maybe unload some salaries that I don't want, knowing that I his salary is expiring, I can get rid of it, and then potentially go after like a, a marquee guy and how to space to sign him. So, you know, there's some 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 things that can be done, but we'll see. I mean, see. there's tweaks, but uh, yeah, I'm exhausted with the Lakers. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And we just spent a second. And it's sad because LeBron's a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Like if he was somewhere that was functional and like had a group that you know were doing things the right way. I mean, he's still playing at a Starting all-star level, even in, what is he, year 55 and a half? Like, I feel like <laughs> LeBron was in the league when I was in elementary school. But, like, he's playing at a high level, and it's kind of really going to waste. It is, but he's – honestly, he's the one to blame. Like, I, I've defended, and rightfully so. I mean, the dude's the second greatest player, in my opinion, of all time. But he pushed, he pushed for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he did. And that was a terrible, terrible move. But, hey, you know, it's not a terrible move. More Jim Root. College basketball coming up top of the hour. Stick around right here on the Night Show.